welcome in to dare I say a special edition of Sportball because we have Seth back with us. He whom wouldn't be caught dead with us last time we recorded. I'm back, baby. Seth, what did you honestly think of the teams me and Kyle drafted while Papa was away? So I'll be honest. Um, I wouldn't have even known that you did draft them unless you hadn't, if you hadn't texted me because I didn't listen to the episode. But why would he say that to hurt us? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think weirdly, I like Kyle's more, which Facts. normally, normally yeah. I, I kind of weirdly do, too, honestly, like his vibes are immaculate. That's yeah. all we do. That's all. I mean, Sam, you had a meet, here. so you're basically disqualified from. In my I know opinion. neither of us wanted to take him. And then he talked me into it. If you'd listen to the pod, he he kept bullying me until I took him. He's like, he just scored 50 tonight. Yeah, because like, oh, I wanted Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm a weak man devoid of principle and can be talked in anything. That's correct. Well, here we are. We have. It's basically I calculated this. We're three eighths of the way through the NBA season. Wow. So right. Right. Where you want to be. Big deal alert. <laughs> and uh, the NFL is entering its last week and there's a lot of playoff picture things going on. Teams can be in, out, whatever, depending. And here I stand ready to record. I have three drinks in front of me, all of which are not the optimal temperature that I want. (laughs) Your life is so hard, dude. Thank you. But I do have that beer, Kyle, that I was telling you about. Silver Midnight or whatever. Silver Morning, actually. Yeah. M-O-R-N-I-N-G or M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G? Great question. Sam can't spell, so watch out. (laughs) A ceiling is one of those. They caught me on, on a misspell of ceiling on the outline earlier <laughs> to peel back the curtain. And I'll be honest, that's one of my that's one of those words that trips me up often, you know, because it's a C. That's what you don't think about. I before you e, do. It's, a C. it's not like they made a rhyme for it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I would spell uh, necessary wrong. Can't get really. That it's the uh, two S's, one R, two R's, one S, two C's. I had a real, I was actually having what some. (laughs) Probably not two C's, two N's. (laughs) I was having what some might might construe as small strokes trying to trying to spell guillotine for the entirety of the season. We're in the guillotine (laughs) league. That's why I got chopped week one on purpose. So I didn't have to say it anymore. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Thank you. That being said. You just got to sound them out. Guillotine. There you go. uh, Could he be right about that? I'm exactly 100% right. The French confuse and scare me, to be honest. All right. So we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk NFL. I had a whole outline listed, but I think I might just throw it all. I might risk it all to switch to switch the order because we have a lot to talk about. Let's talk about NFL first. We're not going to be able to do quite a, a playoff preview because we don't know everything yet, but we can indeed go over the playoff picture. But first... We have a very special topic to discuss. One that, dare I say, is catching the sports world by storm. And it involves your hometown Chicago Bears, who this week clinched the number one pick in the draft. Let me just set the scene here. Kyle, we'll try to be civil. I'll I'll start and you can take apart my my argument piece by piece. And then, Seth, can you can I come really in wish and I tell us we're both dumb. Changing the shorts <laughs> before this happened. Because I sat down and I thought about it and I'd be like, able to say that I'm heated and pleated, but I can't say that now. <laughs> I was really wondering where this was going. <laughs> Me too. So the the Bears have the number one pick. First of all, I like to take a victory lap because before the season, I said the Panthers would be the worst team in the league, and you both acted as if, if anyone said anything about the Cardinals, they should be shot on sight. I have a feeling we can go back, and you probably also said that there's a chance that Carolina also made the playoffs, just so that when we get <laughs> no <this> way. Point... <laughs> I, I think the probably... point of the argument was not that it's definitely the Cardinals, but that it's clearly the smartest pick to select the Cardinals because Carolina has no reason to tank, which Correct. they didn't. Yes. So. I think our thought process was still sound. It's just very much so. Yeah, my thought process was sound, and I got the right pick. So, was you your know. thought process sound though? And you rarely is. Anyway, um, so now 
there's a debate amongst the national media, amongst our own Chicago fans, what we should do with this number on pick. We have several options. The first being of which to keep Justin Fields as our quarterback. And then we can trade the number one pick as we did last year for, you know, multiple firsts, most likely another veteran probably. And then we can trade down and get maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. He of whom Kyle covets. Um, We could also, we could also keep the number one pick draft Caleb Williams or Drake may to highly regarded QB prospects and trade fields for maybe a few, you know, a second, a third, whatever he might net us. And then with our own pick, take a wide receiver or, or an offensive lineman, what have you. I believe we're projected nine right now, but we're going to beat the Packers this week, so you better bump that down. I think we're projected to take an edge rusher with that pick, but that's okay. Yeah, which I would be surprised if they did after the sweat, but we'll see. Um, So, first of all, There's I There's also another option that yeah. no one's really talking about. There are several we, other options. Yeah, yeah. I think there's really a big three though, and this is the quietest of the third of the three. <laughs> and it's trade out of the number one pick, but use that pick to draft a quarterback and also trade Justin. So you get mm. the assets of giving up the number one pick. Mm-hmm. You draft one of the top three quarterbacks from the draft still, and you get rid of Justin and get those assets as well, which aren't projected really to be as great as I think anyone really expected. They're projecting like a second and a third round pick, maybe. Yeah, something like which, that. Eh, that's essentially what Sam Darnold netted, I'm pretty sure, when he was traded from the Falc- or from the Arizona. So I think he got a Arizona. second, fourth, and a fifth, so we should probably get a little more than that because Darnold is but seeing ghosts out again, there. Again, depending on really what the scouts for the Bears have on these quarterbacks as grades, that really might be a sleeper option. Not one that I would really necessarily endorse, but yeah, there, I, I, anything that requires that has us trading out of the first pick though, is the best option. Well, we will go over this just because Um, there's also, you can get for it. Yes. There's also the option that we, um, keep fields and draft a quarterback. That would be ridiculous. I don't think that's going to happen because that's just not really ridiculously stupid. Like if you're looking like logically, if there were people and it was just like players on paper, that would make sense. But you know, to keep both as- keep all the assets, but that's not going to happen realistically. Um, Being in this position with the opportunities in front of us, and then trying to just hedge yourself is essentially telling the fan base that I don't have faith in either one of these players. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm just bringing it up as something that people talk about. I think the first two options we outlined are most likely to happen, either drafting a quarterback at one or trading it and keeping fields. Um, I will say I actually have faith in our front office for the first time in years. I'm a big polls believer. It, it, we obviously fleeced the Panthers with this trade. I mean, we got the number Best one Chicago pick sports again. Trade in history. Yeah, we got the number one pick again, and then – they got, you know, it was a bad quarterback draft compared to this year. So they drafted a quarterback, the Panthers did, who turned out to not be very good. And so we got DJ Moore and the first pick in this draft. Does it, Do you know if anyone has ever traded the first pick in the draft two years in a row? I, I don't think it's I happened. I gotta think no. It can't have happened, right? <laughs> I, I uh, bet there's not even like three instances of a team having the back-to-back first pick. Right. Just, right. I'll figure it out right now. <laughs> Yeah, and like yeah, get get it I mean, on that. I feel like the first pick itself is rarely traded even once. So right. So let me lay out how I feel about it, Kyle. I know you feel strongly, um, one particular way. Like I said, I have a trust in our front office, and honestly, I'm not really going to be upset whatever they decide to do. I kind of believe I kind of believe in them. I think he. I think the one thing we can't do is stay at one and not take a quarterback, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so I think we're going to get value either way. Um, I lean more towards the side of, I want to draft Caleb Williams at one and trade fields. Um, I just think he's a better passing prospect now, you know, obviously I'm no college football fan, Kyle, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Caleb Williams and Drake may are very, very highly regarded prospects, much better than quarterbacks in last year's draft, certainly. Um, and maybe on par, with you know Andrew Luck back in the day, as far as 
almost can't miss prospects. Obviously, you never know with quarterbacks, but they seem to be some of the best prospects we've seen in years. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So that's kind of why, like, because I wasn't clamoring to trade fields last year, but this year it just seems like there's a few can't miss quarterback prospects that I'd like to, I'd like to uh, pounce on. And the other thing is, Fields is definitely getting better. Okay, his sack rate is down. Um, he's scrambling less. He's trusting his receivers more. But there's still some very troubling stats that kind of just like back up the eye test. Like this year, he's still. He's still 30th in QBR and he's 25th in yards per attempt. Those are like the two biggest QB stats that I usually look at. At least I don't, I don't delve too deep in the analytics. Um, and since 2021, he's 33rd in QBR and last in average time to pass also last in average time to pass this year, which kind of backs up my eye test where it just seems to me that he's still a pretty poor processor. Sometimes misses open routes, sometimes waits too long to get rid of the ball. You know, there's no denying he's a super athlete. He's maybe the, he's probably the best runner in the game, him and Lamar. I think he's a better runner than Jalen Hurts. I think he's up there with Lamar. Uh, the passing, he has a huge arm. You know, like he's got His all deep passes are insanely accurate. Our yeah. Receiver is not named DJ Moore can't catch. <laughs> Agreed. And so it, what worries me is the processing and if that will ever be good enough. Um, and with a prospect like Caleb, who I think is just more of an elite passing prospect i'd rather just take the bet on that and get rid of what i know i have in fields um however here i'll tell you one thing kyle that i am worried about because i know you think the opposite of me i am worried that all the veterans in the locker room want to keep fields and they they're i think they'd be actually pretty mad if we if we moved on to quarterback they're like what have we done here if we're just going to start all over so i would be definitely concerned about that but overall, I'd like to take the, uh, a chance on a better passer. I need my quarterback to be a better passer than Justin Fields is, and I, in my opinion, can never be. <clears throat> Here's the thing. It's a small sample size, right? But Justin has legitimately been, at minimum, a good quarterback for his last nine full games that he's played, which is all this year. I think it's obvious that he's shown a lot of improvements this year. And obviously, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he has an alpha wide receiver, finally, uh, a, a more competent offensive line. It's still not great by any means. It's not uh, Philadelphia Eagles level offensive line by any means. Um, but like. The thing is, he started his career with one of the worst supporting cast in the NFL. He came in. And immediately, our coaching staff at the time decided it was best to try to change his mechanics, which, I don't know, those types of staffs that think they need to change a quarterback instead of changing a scheme are never good uh, coaches ever. <laughs> like, it, it always ends poorly when, when coaching staffs try to do things like that. You should utilize what you have and come up with the best way to elevate everybody on the team not try to elevate or not try to elevate the surrounding parts by trying to change one thing if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and the thing is like you look at it dj moore his first year in chicago is having the best year of his career with justin fields as his quarterback and really as the only option for the most part on the team as a receiver. So I, I, he's not really, I, I, I don't know what the, the stats are around like teams doubling him or shadowing him, things like that, but obviously it hasn't mattered, but what happens when you add an explosive playmaker on the other side of the field that could win in all facets in Marvin Harrison jr. Which I think is everybody's top pick that everybody from Chicago that wants us to pick a non-quarterback wants Marvin Harrison. At least they should. He's like the, it's almost like a big three, right? With him and the two quarterbacks is like, can't miss prospects. Essentially. Yeah. I think he's honestly though, the biggest can't miss out of all three of them. There's right, always so many unknowns. Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, what's the stat you tell us every year, how many quarterbacks it's fail less than less than half of first round quarterbacks are successful. Exactly. Kyle, how, so Kyle, how do you rank? 
this year's quarterback class. Like it's it's still you Caleb. Have Caleb Williams it's, it's for Caleb, sure. He's number one. Um, there could be an argument for Drake May, but I just don't. It's tough to evaluate him because I don't think his supporting cast was as great as uh, Caleb's was either. So mm-hmm. you kind of get some um, probably reduced, uh, you know, passing yards and things like that. Like it might be a closer race um, in that regard. But on the other side of things, too, there's still uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU who put up, I think, statistically, a better season than Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Um, And there's also two wide receivers on the LSU team that are probably going to be first-round picks that are studs. So whoever gets Jaden Daniels is probably going to be whoever picks four or five. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, you have an older guy coming in, older, I say, still only 24 years old, going to the uh, national championship on Monday, He'll be going to the Penix. Minnesota Vikings, though. You know, you know, Seth's gonna get Penix in house. I crave it. Michael Penix <laughs> is like has the greatest pocket awareness of almost any quarterback I've ever seen. It's truly insane how he's able to avoid being sacked. He's only got sacked eleven times. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. His the pocket whole presence season. is not normal by any means. His deep passes too are so crazy accurate, and he's the. Uh, He's a lefty. Who doesn't Seth love a lefty quarterback? Lefties. So, honestly, I think all four of those quarterbacks are going to be good to great level NFL quarterbacks. I really think all four of them are can't miss draft prospects for the most part. But at the same time, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, I understand the argument of having a quarterback, a superstar level quarterback, on a rookie contract. But at the same time, when you can upgrade elsewhere on your team, add additional draft picks and possibly, and probably also add an additional starting caliber player from trading out of one of those quarterback spots. When you have a quarterback that has shown improvements through his three years and has had his best year so far with an, extremely incompetent offensive coordinator every year and not the best coach for his first two years. It makes the most sense to me to add to your, um, what's the word, uh, your, your treasure chest of assets and players and try to elevate the entire situation instead of kind of going back and starting from scratch because who's to say, I mean, we've seen, you know, high caliber college quarterbacks come in and even still struggle through the first half of the year, whether they end up being good the second half of the year. Like at this point, I think we've seen, especially with the division that we're in, there is a chance, a great chance next year to be playoff contenders at a minimum. So, yeah. yeah. We're going to have two top 10 picks essentially no matter what. Yeah. I think give me all the extra assets is my argument and give us the biggest thing is getting an offensive coordinator that can maximize Justin Fields uh, abilities. That's really what we need. I think we need a new offensive coordinator. The the thing is, is like (laughs) dual threat quarterbacks like him, don't come around often. It's Lamar, it's Jalen Hurts, and it's him in the NFL that you could say are anywhere near that kind of caliber. Yeah. And we've seen right from the Ravens and the Eagles what having that additional threat of those kinds of legs, whether it's on design plays or scrambles, can do for an offense. When given the appropriate supporting cast or offensive coordinators that can coordinate appropriately based on what they have. Yeah. Well, we should probably get to any other topic, but well, uh, as an unbiased <laughs> third party, I am going to side officially with Kyle. Really? I think, I think extra assets is an important aspect of it. And I think just even with quote unquote, can't miss prospects, 
a lot of them still miss. And I think Justin Fields showed me enough this year where I trust him to be a good to great quarterback. And I feel like if like the biggest way that the Bears could fuck this up is trading fields, picking a quarterback who ends up being a bust, and then fields ends up succeeding for another team. Yeah. You gotta risk it though, baby. See, here's the thing. We've went through this, right? We've had Jalen Hurts on our dynasty team since his rookie season. And there were a lot of worries from you. I remember going into his second year. Is Jalen gonna be the starter? Like that was a question. That was a question. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. he was an M MVP favorite, what, last year? The I don't think he won the MVP last year, did he? No. No. Right? He should have. He should have, definitely. <laughs> um and I mean still. Even with a, a downgrade in, with an offensive coordinator change this year, they still have one of the best records in the NFL. And they added A.J. Brown, and they have a great offensive line to protect Hurts. I mean, and you have your secondary wide receiver as a top 20 receiver in the NFL. The Bears could do that. You got Justin Fields. You have essentially Jalen Hurts with the same upside, if not more, given the supporting cast. I mean, yeah. and with the extra, I don't think it's hard. You could get there. Easy. I don't know. I think you guys keep talking about like extra assets, but I feel like three years of a quarterback on his rookie contract is like you get tons of extra assets. Like you look at what the Niners are able to do with Purdy as their quarterback. They're spending all this money to get good to great veteran players in house. They added Javon Hargrave when they already had the best defensive line in the league because they have Purdy on a rookie contract. You look at the Bengals. They made the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow on a rookie contract because they were able to spend outrageously in free agency. But they also had a top three wide receiver in the NFL also on a rookie contract. We, we have we Fields. Already. We have DJ Moore. We have DJ Moore. I know. Maybe. And we have Fields still on his rookie contract for another year, and then we can franchise him for still what's going to be less than probably an average quarterback salary in the NFL. So we have two years to see, and we can adjust from there. And it's not like we're already at the cap threshold by any means. I was just going to look it up, but we're going we're coming into this offseason, I think, still like top five highest uh, or, or uh, top five highest cap space in the NFL still. Like, we have a ton of money still to spend. Yeah, I just want that money for more years. And the other thing is, like... The, but why? The two, I, I the mean, two. the thing is, we talk about this all the time. Super Bowl windows are so small. Yeah. You don't need that kind of space for six years. Like, you just need to maximize one year. That's all it takes. And then once you win, then you figure it out. You well, can let me, blow let it me up say, if you have to, but... But here's the thing also, like... The two quarter, the two quarterbacks at the top of this draft, their their comps are Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Like, how am I supposed to pass up on that? How great was Justin Herbert this year? Without anyone to support him, he had Keenan well, Allen, and we'll that take was the it. Patrick Mahomes instead. Then, <laughs> how great has Patrick Mahomes been this year without any supporting cast? He really hasn't been. This isn't Patrick yeah, Mahomes in the able last to three years. Those players, that's the thing. Is he though? They're not catching passes. How many? They would have won how many games if they had a receiver? That could catch a pass downfield. Well, they don't have DJ anyone near the talent of DJ Moore. That's what I'm saying. And we can add an additional asset on top of that, plus assets to improve the offensive line, the defense, if we want to. Like we can just get free agents for that, though. That's what I'm saying. And we have the money still now to spend that on, too. And we'll have plus more those money assets. in the future. But we don't need it. Just give me Patrick Mahomes to DJ Moore. I think you just supported my case more. Patrick Mahomes hasn't put up a great season by any means. I mean, are, if like, it actually was Patrick Mahomes, you'd obviously take him. But I think the point <laughs> is Caleb exactly. Williams is still an unknown. Also, Wemby just had a clutch block on Giannis. There's 16 seconds left. Yeah, this game. There, you'll, you Minus 50 seconds left in it right now. Wow. Wait for this clutch block. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is obviously a very tough decision and everyone's kind of waiting to see what the bears do. It's the best storyline in the NFL right now for the next three years. We're in the top 10 in, in cap space still. So it's not an issue. Well, we could also have a better, I think we just need to give the money. flowers to 
what Ryan Poles was able to pull off. I know. I just believe in the man. No as well what. as Lovey Smith for putting us in this position in the first That's place. That's our last boy, year. dude. <laughs> I'll always ride or die for Lovey after that. I love Here's Ryan the thing. Poles. I believe in him. One last thing on this. It sounds like uh, there's rumors coming out of Bears camp that Poles has essentially told Eberflus he's still here next year, which early on this season I would have hated. But as long as he's able to understand the fact that we hire an offensive coordinator, especially someone like Ben Johnson, if God forbid we're graced with just such a thing, I don't know if, if we're going to be able to do that. Him. But um, money. But it sounds like he's asking for an insane amount to be a head coach. So God knows what he's asking for to stay as an offensive coordinator somewhere. Um, what he's done when he took over the defense after what is it, the fourth week of the season? is truly incredible. I'm fine with him staying the head coach and being the lead kind of of our defense. As long as he is able to give up the reins on the offensive side, which I think there's nothing really that indicates that he would be um, demanding to be like the play caller. Like we saw when we had, um, no, who the fuck was our coach last year? <laughs> Nagy. Oh yeah. Who's also ruined uh, the chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on all accounts there. I'm fine with keeping him. All right. That's enough Bears talk. Seth, we'll let you cook on, on the NFL at large since we took over this podcast to wax poetic about our precious Chicago Bears. But it's a big storyline. All right. It is. Um, The playoffs are about to start. It's week 18 this week. And then they start after that. The playoff picture in the AFC. It's looking like so the Ravens have the first seed. And then we have a sneaky little Miami Bills for the division at the two seed. We have the Chiefs locked up the three seed. And then we have the Jags in the four right now. But they could still technically lose the division. We have the Browns locked in at five. And we have at the six seed right now, it's the Bills. Could be the two, as I said. And then the Colts at seven with the Texans and Steelers looming. Seth, this Bills team, they're playing Miami this week. And if they win, they can have the two seed and win the division. If they lose, they could be out of the playoffs. What an interesting season it's been for the Bills, right? It really yeah, they still is. have the second best odds to win the AFC. Yeah, which I think, you know, makes sense in a lot of ways. Like, they have so much talent and it's so tantalizing. But yet, they're also one of those teams that you just never fully feel comfortable with them. Also, before we get to that, uh, Sam, you were bragging about your Carolina Panthers' supposed prediction. I also thought it was funny. Um, your big thing this year was that, oh, you have to pick like 50% new playoff teams because every year it's 50% don't return. And this year's like the one year where there's like going to be two new playoff teams. <laughs> I know it's crazy, dude. Every team just stayed great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I'm leaning towards believing in the Bills. Which, again, speaking of preseason predictions, they were my Super Bowl pick. So maybe I'm a little biased there. Um, very excited for the game. Uh, two potentially great offenses, very different styles. But also teams that we've seen just like not show up on any given week. So I really feel like it's one of those things that it could go a thousand different ways. Uh, but I do think when push comes to shove, like the Bills will get it done and uh, they will show that the betters' faith in them is well placed. Yeah, I think <clears throat> it's interesting that they're the, <laughs> they're the second favorite, like you said, Kyle. And I think it's just because we have no faith in the rest of the AFC. Yeah. And that's partly because the Chiefs, like we kind of alluded to, Honestly, if, if it's Bills or Miami versus them in the first round, which would be the 3-6 matchup, I think I'm picking Bills or Miami. You have to. I mean, you it don't just, have to, but... It just doesn't feel like... It's like the Chiefs are, are kind of... You know, Kelsey's getting older. He doesn't seem to have the same burst. Oh, you guys both flipping through some sort of notebook. I don't know what's going on. With I was trying story. to find out what my, <laughs> uh, my preseason picks were. Oh, yeah. I don't remember either. But... Um, and they, like you said, Kyle, they have no receivers. Their defense is good, but I don't know if it's good enough to even win one playoff round. I'm pretty worried that the Chiefs are going to win. They're going to lose in the first round. 
I guess worried is not the the right word, but I think it's who are they projected playing the first round right now? Well, like I said, it's going to be probably it's probably going to be Miami or the Bills on the sixth seed because they're it's they're the three seed. Yeah, I think I'm picking those teams against them in the first round. Yeah, I don't trust the Chiefs at all. Like it's really just Mahomes by himself. And as Kyle alluded to earlier, he doesn't show the same ability to elevate the skill positions around him. And Kelsey has definitely lost a step. So I would trust the, the Dolphins more or the Bills, honestly. But all, but yeah, like you said, it's like we have faith in the Ravens and then everybody else in the AFC is like, I, I can't trust them. Yeah, 100%. In the NFC, we got the Niners locked into the one seed. Looked like the best team in the league, along with no the Ravens. I mean, the Cowboys, if they beat the the Commanders, the C words, this week, then they will clinch the two seed. The Lions have locked into three. The winner of the NFC South will be four. Who gives a fuck about that? Am I right? All four teams are still <laughs> in it, but I hate them all. We have the Eagles at five. What a disaster of a season it's been for them. We have the Rams locked into the sixth seed. What a storybook of a season it's been for them. I like the Rams. And, yeah. And 11 and 5 is a disaster of a season. They're I know. It's probably just seems 12 like and 5. The vibes are terrible right now. Yeah. yeah. The They're two wins away from having the best record in the NFL. A disaster of a season. But doesn't it feel bad right now? I mean, they've yeah, lost I mean, what, four I, or five. The, the thing is, I think we all had a much. Um, greater belief that their defense was going to be on the same level as last year. And it just hasn't, especially with the signings and the trades that they made to improve their defense. So that's tough. I mean, they're going to play the winner of the NFC South round one, so they should be fine to get through that. At least people would think Um, the Packers in the seventh seed right now, but the bears are going to knock them out of the playoffs this Sunday. So don't you worry about that. Uh, And then the Hawks, the Seahawks still in it. And Seth, you're Minnesota Vikings. Even after still alive, I think horrendous but, uh, loss last maybe week. like 10 things need to happen. I, I'm not quite sure the mathematics necessary for for Nick Mullins to start a playoff game. Emotionally, we're dead, even if we're even if they haven't <laughs> declared us dead at this point. Yeah. What needs to happen? Um, what is it? The Vikings need to win and yeah. the Packers, Seahawks and Saints all need to lose. Is that the only possibility? Yeah, but That's also. Dumb. The Falcons are playing um, the Saints, right? Oh, yeah. So if the Falcons win and the Bucks lose, I think the Falcons would still get in over the Vikings. Jesus. It's, it's going to be a wild I don't want it to happen, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about sleepers here, playoff sleepers. I have one juicy one of mine, but I think Kyle's the same one because we agree on most things except Justin Fields. Seth, who's your who's your playoff sleeper that because it really seems like the Niners and Ravens might be on a collision course for the Super Bowl. Just they seem head and shoulders above every team this season, but we know that doesn't usually, you know, play out chalk like that. Who do you think could give them a run for their money and, and show up in the Super Bowl, Seth? Yeah, I think out of the two teams, um, I like the Niners more. Uh, I have more confidence in them reaching the Super Bowl. Um, it just seems like the AFC, anything could really happen. But if I had to pick an NFC team, my sleeper would be the Rams. Mine too. Been there before. They've got Sean McVay offense. Uh, they've gotten through some adversity this season with injuries, but looking healthier now. You've got Stafford, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams, second best running back in the league. Uh, and they've just, I think, surprised most people and shown that they like can get to close, at least to the level of their Super Bowl year a couple years ago. So I like the Rams. Obviously, Are you picking them to beat the Lions round one? That's the issue that I have. Because yeah, I like the Lions too, but I think I probably will pick them as an upset in round one. But The Lions I mean, at home, though. You yeah, put, the Lions, you that's put, the thing. It's the Lions at home. The thing is, Jared Goff can't poop. He's like me. He can't poop when he's on vacation. That's why he he when he has his bathroom at home, he plays much better. That's, really, that's weird because he shits all over the field when he's not at home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. 
<laughs> he has to hold it in until he gets to the field. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know who, who I'll pick in that one, but I could see it happening. I feel like if they make it that's through the that hardest, game, though. That's the hardest matchup, I think, in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. To it's pick. the hardest I'll be in the first round, for sure. That game's going to be awesome. And that's the Jared Goff revenge game, potentially, too. Right. Right. How? It's Blister the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford revenge game. Right. I mean, it's like a double revenge. Yeah. I don't know if Stafford has anything to get revenge for, but... He's like, thank you he for played on Detroit. For how, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, give My me your sleeper? AFC sleeper because I know it's the same as mine. Damn straight it is. It's the Cleveland Browns, and I don't think it's, there's really any other option. In Flacco, we trust. In Flacco, we do trust. This man is on a mission. It's truly insane what he's doing. It is. He looks like a, a top five quarterback in the uh, in the AFC somehow. <laughs> um, obviously, their weapons are great. Like Amari Cooper has been outrageous since Joe's taken the reins. Njoku has found a new life. Uh, he's become that tight end that we've thought he could always be. When he Did finally he get bigger? Has... He looks Maybe. huge. <laughs> I think he grew about three inches when he burned his face. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, they also have one of the best defenses still in the NFL. And I feel like it's really not talked about as much because of all of the, the talk that Joe Flacco has garnered. So that's a super tough matchup for anyone. They're going to be playing what the Jaguars, right? Um, the, the Jags game. have no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm on board with this for the simple fact that you love to see the team succeed with Deshaun Watson on the bench. So the fact that they are, you know, I was rooting heavily against them when they were starting Deshaun, but seeing another quarterback be exponentially better really oh, yeah. brings a lot of joy to me. So uh, I'm yeah. going to put a bet on them to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie to you. I might too. Because the thing is, I'm I'm like you, Seth. I don't really know why, I guess. But I'm not picking anyone but the Niners in the NFC. I just really believe in them. And then so the, the thing Ravens... is, though, it's like we've seen the Niners, though, get destroyed as well this season a couple times. Yeah, that's true. It's not like if you, had, if you could, if you could generate pressure against them, We've seen Purdy fold under pressure this season. I think a lot more than people probably thought he would. And like, if you're going to play someone like the Cowboys um, or even the Lions, I could see that causing problems for them. I just have a feeling deep. And, uh, uh, how, we it. don't know how healthy McCaffrey's going to be going into the playoffs. Like, tweaking something last week, obviously, he's going to be taking this week off. So that's what, two weeks of rest or. Three weeks, I guess, because they got the buy, right? So, yeah. But you never know. Sure. I just feel like I have a feeling the Niners are, are winning the Super Bowl this year. I can feel it deep in my loins. But the Ravens, and the, the thing with the Ravens, I guess, is like, I need to see it with Lamar. I need to see him make a deep playoff run. I believe he can, but I'm just a little more unsure of it. Um, but yeah, I'm on the Browns too. Did you see Joe Flacco just falling asleep after he's dropping 34 on the yeah. Jets? <laughs> It's oh, just you too get easy that as a dad, right? You know. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> You're just tired all the time. You got to take a nap when you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. All right. Well, it's gonna be exciting playoffs in the NFL. Let's hit the NBA real quick because we're a two sport podcast at the very least. Sometimes three if we get saucy. Uh, let's let's talk OG Ananobi, Kyle's own second born son, because now he has an actual son. OG Ananobi goes to the Knicks. The Knicks get him and Precious Achua, as well as Malachi Flynn. And they send to the Raptors, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a Detroit second, which is basically the 31st pick in the NBA draft. You can lock that in right now. It's a fun trade. I like, you know, we've had so, so many of these superstars for seven draft picks, whatever bullshit. This is just like a two players for two players. Let's see, you know, let's see if they fit our team better kind of trade. I kind of like it for, for both players. teams. I mean, for Connie Malachi Flynn, who is dead to me in all ways. Seth, who do you think? Do you think both teams, you know, did well from this trade? Do you prefer one side or the other? What do you think about this? I prefer the Knicks side. Um, I think, I mean, there's the whole thing of how are we grading it? Are you grading it based off of which side has better players? I still think the Knicks got the best player in the deal. 
are you grading it based off of how much Toronto could have gotten OG if they had traded him last year at the trade deadline? Then it's even worse for Toronto, you would expect. Although, you know, some people are saying, well, there was never really four first-round picks offered. Maybe it would be three, and they'd probably be late first-round You know, it it's hard to know exactly what they would have gotten. That being said, not a huge quickly guy. I think we saw in the playoffs last year, he kind of got exposed. I think he, he can be like a Lou Williams-type scorer off the bench, which is always valuable, but I don't think it's as valuable as the type of 3 and D potential that OG has. Um, and then with RJ, I kind of like him too. He's a lefty, first of all. Um, so you know that tickles my fancy, but <laughs> again, I, I haven't seen enough from him that he's going to be anything other than a, like, okay rotation player you know eighth ninth guy kind of player so i don't know i don't really feel like the raptors got much better and i don't feel like they cashed in on the asset at the right time so it's hard to pick their side yeah kyle i like this trade for a little bit for both teams i'm kind of just more than anything yeah. glad it happened yeah <laughs> Like, I'm just glad. Yeah, I think it's a better fit for both teams with the players they received. Um, what what are you looking forward to as as the outcome of this trade? I honestly think we end up end up looking back on this trade and seeing it as one of those win-win type of deals for both teams, honestly. Like, obviously, OG has the defensive prowess that I think we everybody wanted RJ Barrett to have. Um, yeah. At the same time, he's somewhat of a legitimate or not legitimate lethal three-point shooter um, for the most part. Uh, I think it's an underrated aspect to his game too. Um, the thing is RJ, even with his size, couldn't guard one through five, but and Ananobi can, which is huge, especially now with the loss of um, uh, Mitchell Robinson, right? Um, and not having a true center. Obviously, they're still playing Hartenstein, who's really just been focusing on rebounds since OG's came in. I think he's had like 13 plus in all the games that Ananobi's played so far. Um, but yeah, I think it's great for them. I don't think they're done. Obviously being able to retain all of their own draft picks in this trade allows them the versatility to acquire another player before the deadline as well. If they think it makes sense for the playoff push, which I think is big too. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was always pretty high on quickly. Um, and I think this new opportunity with him having a starting role, um, I think we saw it the other day, he was the leading scorer in his second game for Toronto. Yeah. Um, and I really like now the, the 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 focus seems to be on a rebuild of that team around their best player in um, Scotty Barnes, baby. You know, him Call well. Magic Pippen, his given name. Um, I think we see a Siakam trade here uh, before the deadline as well. Um, I feel like this signals it, right? Like I was going to ask, yeah. that. I think he's next. Yeah, he, he's got to be next. Um, I think there's really some interesting spots that he could land too. The Warriors, um, the team I'm watching right now. The the one I think that's probably my favorite that I've heard floating around is the Pacers. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, but either way, um, like I said, like it a lot for both teams. This might be kind of one of those scenarios for RJ Barrett too, kind of that we saw with Andrew Wiggins when he went to the Warriors. Just being in a new location, uh, obviously he's Canadian too, so he's back home. Um, you know, I, I think I don't know if he's ever really going to be worth the contract that he has now, but uh, they have the money in Toronto to support it, whereas in New York they really didn't have the flexibility to continue forward in the next coming years with him, with Brunson, with uh, Randall. So and you yeah. were going to have to pay quickly. You were Whether you yeah. were starting him or he was coming off the bench as a restricted free agent, you were going to have to pay him a lot next year. Yeah, I think I, I think quickly is a perfect fit of, around Scotty, honestly, um, because yeah. he's an elite shooter and guard defender. And he has like that quickness where Scotty's more deliberate. Um and I, I'm a little higher on quickly than you are, Seth. I, 
you know, like, can he be Tyrese Maxey? I don't really think that quite that. But could he be Walmart Tyrese Maxey? Maybe. Costco, probably Costco Tyrese. <laughs> yeah, maybe Costco. Costco, Costco Tyrese would be like better than regular Tyrese. So, <laughs> according to Ben, at least, <laughs> I don't think he could be anywhere close to Tyrese Maxey. I think he's somewhere in between that statement I just made and what you said. Like, I don't think he, I think he's way better than Lou Williams, especially mm. defensively. He's a really good defensive guard. Like that yeah. matters a lot. He's not just a microwave scorer. Yeah. He's got those long arms. And um, I like what you said about RJ. I had that written down, Kyle, that can RJ Barrett be title warriors Wiggins? Probably not. You know, but can he be kind of like that enough to justify his thirty million dollar contract? Because if he's if he's title warriors Wiggins, he's a steal at that contract with the rising Absolutely. cap. Absolutely, yeah. But can he be like a neutral contract? You know what I mean? <laughs> How many times are going to say Walmart another player? Somehow, <laughs> Toronto just got Andrew Wiggins and Tyrese Maxey <laughs> on their team. Sounds like I love it for Prime Toronto. Warriors. Andrew, Andrew. Yeah, if that's the yeah. case, I love it for them as well. But. But it's Walmart both, so you gotta you gotta knock it down a little bit. <laughs> Walmart um, title version, Andrew Wiggins. Is that just and, what Andrew Wiggins is like this year? I mean, Scotty Barnes is already better than Steph Curry, so that's another title team right there. Uh anyway, <laughs> Kyle like that. I think on the Knicks side, you know they're 19th in defense. How many how many more hairs is Thibodeau going to lose because of that? Yeah, I, I was going to say Thibodeau <laughs> has to be going nuts and had to be a huge factor in this trade as well. I I think so too. So yeah, I like it for both. It's such a fun trade. It's kind of like a both teams like being like, hey, let's prove you know. This is a see. beautiful primer, I think, to trade deadline trades. Yeah, I agree, and I'm excited. Uh, all right, Knicks have won two in a row, right? Since they got OG. Yeah, and so do the Raptors, right? I think so. My God. A true win-win. <laughs> win-win. Uh, well, Seth, you want to do a standings check-in, but before we do so, I, I did want to talk about the Thunder real quick. Absolutely. Now, the three of us have long, Kyle especially, Seth and I as well, we're high on them coming to the season. We have long thought that this Thunder team was on the rise, but they're even better than I expected. Uh, They're well on a 50 win pace they're 23 and 10 they had five straight wins before a loss yesterday um they had tough game their... yesterday the tough spot that was their sixth game in nine days i think or 10 days that was like a schedule loss you know yeah and they still almost won that they were down by like almost 20 and yeah, came that's back. a great game <laughs> yeah um set they beat your celtics speaking they of beat... great games yeah another great watch game. that whole game and it was honestly a delight as if that's possible in a Celtics loss. Um, but really close game. Both Almost teams, wasn't. I think played pretty well. Yeah. Celtics had to make a big comeback to make it close at the end. Um, you know, I have my own Celtics critiques of things that like the three first half better. fouls on, on Derek white to definitely hurt. Yeah. Mm. Jalen couldn't make anything. So, you know, but I came away from that game like thinking OKC for sure is legit. Like Chet didn't do much in the second, in the first half. And then second half, he made impact plays over and over, you know, J dub we've always liked. He's a legit scorer. And then SGA, I was just watching it. I'm like, all right, he's definitely better than Tatum. And mm. I think there's only two players in the league that I would definitively say are better than him right now. So I don't even know if you could say that. The thing is, is like <laughs> when we talk about playoff playoff matchups, it's like especially finals, right? Finals contenders. When two teams are on the court, which team has the best player any night? And it doesn't matter who you're playing. I'm pretty sure you could say any single night SGA can and probably is the best player on the floor. It's truly incredible what he's done since he's come into the league, but especially this year, he's shooting, what is it, like 56% from the mid-range? Yeah. He's shooting like 55% overall. I overall, think he's leading yeah, all guards in the league. 
He's like shooting. He's like a, has a center shooting percentage. Yeah, he's got a 50, 40, 90 season going. It's truly, uh, and I think the, the one, um, maybe hesitation coming into the year, right, was how good can Chet be in his first year? And he's all star caliber in his first <laughs> year. Like he yeah. should be on the all star team. I'm, he he probably will be. He should be. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about kind of like the ceiling for the Thunder and. I know there's been a lot of talk of like, oh, they need to make a trade. I don't know. I think as constructed, they can make the Western Conference Finals. And in that matchup, if it's the Nuggets, I would pick the Nuggets. But everyone else, I mean, they have a shot to make the finals. It just as constructed right now. The one, My one thing is, I've said this before, and I believe in him. I just need to see it. You know, we've never seen Shea make a deep playoff run. We haven't seen him play well in the playoffs before. I don't see how he wouldn't this year with how he's one of the best players in the league. But, you know, we need to see that first. But other than that, I think it's them and the Nuggets and the T-Wolves right now in, in the West. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would also still favor the Nuggets just because we've seen it happen. They, they're the defending champs. And they don't have a, anyone really great to guard Jokic. Not that anyone does in the league. But I think if you were talking about do they need to make a trade – I think that's the one that's the piece. Trade. You know, you've heard like Jared Allen floated out there as a potential that would be insane. guy. That would be, be great. great for them. Can you imagine it'd be like Allen and Mobley, but with a player that's actually good, right? Who actually stretches the floor? Yeah. Um. So that type of player, rim protector, big body who could take on Jokic, um, and at least not let him bully you down low. You know, obviously he's going to do his thing, but. Yeah, I I think sky's the limit for them, even if they don't make a trade. Yeah. Um and I would I would only pick Denver and I'd say Minnesota is like dead even with them. Different style of offense. Again, they'd have that matchup with their team. That would be groups. interesting too, right? With Gobert yeah. and Cat. Yeah. You know, how do they defend the kindly Gobert pick and roll and all of that, but um, the rebounding battle, etc. But I was very impressed, and I think they're a legit contender as much as anyone in the league is a contender. So it's funny too, because like Kyle, historically, this doesn't really happen. They're the second youngest team in the league, and <laughs> ironically, the best comp for this is probably the Thunder. Yeah, I was going to say, yep, the... from 2012 when they had a young Durant, Ibaka, Harden, and Westbrook. Like that's mm-hmm. probably the best comp is their own past. Yeah, easily the best comp. Um, and at the same time, when you comp to that team, and then you look at this team, this team's deeper still somehow. Uh, I mean, it's not many minutes, but Kenrich Williams is playing impactful minutes. In like six to seven minutes, he plays a game. Uh, Haven't even mentioned Casey Wallace yet. My boy, Wallace, baby. Man, uh, how are other teams not paying absorbent amount of monies, money to <laughs> monies, uh, money to poach whoever is in that scouting or analytics department or whatever it is? Because yeah. I don't know when the last time is that they've missed on a draft pick. I'm just gonna start in our dynasty basketball. You just drafting. Yeah, you just the... draft the war the the Thunder players. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So love the Thunder. Um, let's do a quick standings check in, Seth, which you crave to do to look at these standings because we're three eighths of the way in the season. That's a checkpoint, and That's we right. need to take a look. <laughs> Everyone so in says. the east, in the east, the top is pretty chalk. You have Celtics, Bucks, Philly, Heat. Probably the best four teams in the east. Feels right. Oh. About what yep. we expected, yeah, in some order. Uh, the rest of the the playoffs, the top eight at least, are Pacers, Magic, Cavs, and Knicks. I'd say the the Magic and Pacers are so much surprising, but I think all three of us were pretty. I think we had both of those at least in the play in coming to this season, kind of ascending young teams, right? So, I mean, yeah. obviously the Pacers have been very exciting, winning or making the finals, of the IST, and the Magic are just tough every night with with Paolo and Franz. It's tough to defend that team. Yeah, I think both of those teams have done well. I don't I the Magic have definitely been better than I expected. I would say Cavs have been the disappointment. Mm. You kind of alluded to it with Mobley chat comparison. Like Mobley has not really made the 
steps forward that we might have hoped. Um, and so that pairing now, I think it's even more questionable if that can work out long term. Um, so that like was I, said, team- I called it on the caps for the season. You yeah. did. The thing is, four out of their five starters don't fit together. So I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Struce fits great, though. Keep him in yeah. there. The rest of them, I don't know what's to be done. Garland and Donnie don't seem to play well together, and neither do their two bigs. Uh, Kyle, you, you don't really- Donnie? Ooh. I think Donnie's going to be gone. It only it makes sense. It makes sense. He's not coming him, back. Honestly. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's not re-signing there. So what's the point? You're not winning a championship. Where's he going to go, though? Because it was always the Knicks. Miami. I don't want him if I'm the Knicks. Miami. God, I would hate that. As once as always makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah, that would probably work. I mean, because they need an offensive help more than anything, right? Do they, though? They hit 22 threes last night against the Lakers. <laughs> true. I mean, Without... Hawk Hawkes, my other boy. My God, what a revelation he's been. I think we called that too. I mean, that was disgusting the moment it happened. He felt like he was born to be on the heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle, you know what the other disappointment to me has been? The Atlanta Hawks yeah, are a say. despicable disgrace of the sport of basketball. And another two guards that don't fit together. Yeah, sounds like uh, Murray's probably out too before the trade deadline. Which is a big mistake. What happened to your boy Deontay Mustard? I mean, nothing's happened to him. He's been great, (laughs) honestly. Honestly, Trey has played really good basketball, too. I don't... Missing Jalen Johnson, surprisingly, has been the biggest thing. That's a bad... That's a red flag for your team. Somehow he's the the driving force uh, behind that team. Uh, Don't know how, but he's been great. Seth, are you saying you'd rather keep Kyle's boy, Deontay Murray, who he calls him, over Trey? Yeah, of course. I just feel like he hasn't even been playing good defense this season either, though. I don't know what's up with that, really. Maybe he's just like kind of sick of the situation. I would be. He <laughs> looks incredible anytime Trey misses a game. Yeah, he could be the lead guard on a good team, I think. He, uh, sh- he should be. <laughs> I'd love to split those two up. They could get a lot more for Trey, too, I feel like. But doesn't it just yeah. feel like they're going to keep Trey because he's like the one they picked over Luka and he's like... The one the fans Sells come tickets. to see. Yeah. yeah. Despicable. Uh, the West, meanwhile. So we said the East was pretty chalked. The West is in chaos. Uh, the T-Wolves, as we mentioned, uh, Thunder and Nuggets are the top three. The Clippers are in four. Absolute disgrace. I don't want to even acknowledge that fact right now. <laughs> the Dude, Kings, they look great. They look so good. <laughs> uh, the Kings, it's the Pelicans. finally working. I know, yeah. The Kings, the Pelicans, Mavs, and Rockets round out the top eight. And guess who your seeds nine through 11 are in the West? You got Suns, Lakers, and Warriors. <laughs> nine through 11. Um, Seth, are you, out of those three, do you think all three sneak back into the playoffs? Or are you picking one or two of those three to not even make it this year? I think I would have them in that order. Suns, Lakers, Warriors. See, I'd flip Warriors and Lakers. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely have the most confidence in the Suns just with, you know, Beal coming back from injury, their top-level talent. I think they'll they'll fight their way back into the playoffs. They're not a finals-contending team, though, in my no. opinion. They no. don't have the depth. The depth hasn't really worked out. Grayson Allen, good. That was a good get. Yeah, uh, he's been shooting well. Nurkic has been serviceable, kind of as expected. But outside of that, you have nothing. You have nothing coming off the bench. I'm so sick of these Durant teams recently. They're so enticing. And then they're always injured. I mean, they're point, playing together. Yeah, and... It's the injuries, right? It's terrible. The point differential, now that we have, I think, a full game and a half worth of uh, time that the big three have shared on the court together. The point differential is crazy. It's yeah. insane, but yeah, but that's how it was. With the Nets too. Yeah. Same old story. Yeah. Um, and I'm worried I, about, I'm very worried about, sorry, do you want to say something about Suns? No. I was going to go to the Warriors next because I'm watching them on my screen. I'm worried. 
I'm worried about them. How can you trust Draymond after what he's done? They look pretty decent without him, but this doesn't look anything like a championship contending team to me. Clay is not a plus player right now. The only, you know, good to great player of the team is Steph. Wiggins has been a disappointment. They're, they 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 trot out a different starting five every night. Tonight I'm yeah, looking. I've never seen tonight. a starting five before. Yeah, another <laughs> new one. Steve Kerr is grasping at straws right now, and I just Kyle, I just I don't I don't see this team as any sort of contender. No, I I mean, this is coming. Not this. That statement is coming from the guy that drafted Steph Curry number two overall. Uh, in our draft, just a, a mere few. Yeah, weeks I ago. still would. He's still incredible. You said good to great player. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> nobody else good on the team. At one point, Dario Saric was the only other player to score 20. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Um, it's Is Steve Kerr not a great coach? Can I come back to this question that I've posed in the past? That he is the Bill Belichick of the NFL or the NBA? <laughs> And by that you so mean not a good coach. coach. <laughs> Records wise, sure. But when you look at Bill Belichick, who has a losing record whenever Tom Brady has not been his starting quarterback. Oh my God. And We're not going now over this right now. You have a deteriorating uh quote unquote big three. And they're barely a playoff team. They're not a playoff team right now, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't put the fall on, on Steve Kerr. I think it's more what Sam said. Like, I'm also just sick of Steve Kerr's holier-than-thou post-game interviews. Where I'm getting a little tired of those myself. Some I love it. Ones, He's the new Popovich, though, you know? He just likes to bitch about stuff. Disgusting. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> it's just it's hard to do that coming from a guy who's defended Draymond Green for years. Yeah, Integrity of the game, this, that, yeah. and the other. And then you yeah. got Draymond punching players inexplicably mid-game. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Um, but I think the biggest one was just Wiggins. Like you were talking about title Wiggins. And he was exponentially better than what we've seen this year. Like um, he essentially neutralized Jason Tatum in the finals. And now he's like a below average player. So <laughs> yeah, what the hell, that. Dude? obviously all the Draymond stuff, you know, clay is like maybe once a week clay at this point, but I still think they could string, string some wins together. And I still, you know, if I'm another West playoff team, I don't want to see any team with Steph Curry on it, but yeah. Um I think the more surprising thing is that the Lakers have been bad while LeBron and AD have been healthy. And they won the in-season tournament. Right. <laughs> Can't get the a win curse. since the curse of the IST. <laughs> yeah. It's been have they raised the banner yet? They did. <laughs> I missed it. No, I feel like there's gonna be a trade coming because LeBron's starting to do his thing, Kyle, or in yeah, the media. They're sitting D'Angelo Russell. He didn't even play last game. It was a healthy scratch, a DNP coach's decision. <laughs> really? In the, sc- in the score app, it said he had like a strained calf or something. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think that was true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, he sucks. So I mean, matters. they moved him to the bench and then they just sat, like he was coming off the bench and then they sat him. I, I... Trade block, maybe? Yeah, he's gone. He should be. Well, be when they gave him that line. contract in the offseason, that was like, that's the most tradable contract I've ever seen. That. that whole situation is still one of the weirdest things to me. They talked about it. I think on a podcast sometime this week, actually, I don't probably Zach Lowe always talking about it. Uh, They could have had Conley. Then they decided to bring in Minnesota to that deal. Send Conley over there for D'Angelo Russell. Huge mistake. Yeah. And then had to sit him in crunch time in the playoffs because he couldn't perform and then paid him in the off season. And now, has since relegated him to the bench again and now not playing. And <laughs> there's there's rumors about uh, a disgruntled um, – dis, dis, the, the team is disgruntled with uh, Darvin Ham. Hamhawk yeah, has that. lost the locker room, people are saying. Yeah. I don't know about how true that is. I feel like LeBron just leaked that so they can get more players. He probably wants Levine, right? He's a clutch 
clutch guy? Uh, no, I don't think it makes sense, really. I mean, it makes sense, but I I thought I've heard that their preference would lie with DeMar and Caruso. I, that would be my preference if I was them, too. The pre- Every time I watch the Lakers, though, I'm like, can can they just shoot threes? Like, can they have no. any players who can shoot? No. And, like, Levine's an elite shooter. Say what you want about anything else about him. That's true. Like, that would just give them so much juice. I feel like that's the only place he really makes sense because he's an offense-first player. When's the trade deadline? Is it mid-February? Something like that, yeah. Because Levine, I think, is possibly back uh, on Friday. I'm assuming we get a couple games of him. Uh, Levine might be traded by the end of the month. Uh, Yeah. I'm becoming more enamored with Levine to the Lakers. If he's going to win with anyone, it's going to be The thing is, like, I don't really know if there's great fits anywhere else. Like, I don't right. think Philadelphia is throwing a lot for Levine. Philadelphia should not want Levine. I don't think that Miami's throwing a lot for Levine. So it's like. Not if they can get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. That's probably the only place for him. Uh, all right. Is there anything Houston, else? Are we, are we thinking. Houston stays in the playoff contention. That's probably who drops out, I guess. If I were picking someone to sneak the the Suns and the Lakers and the Warriors in, uh, I could see the Pelicans falling out too. You know, I've often been low on them. They always have some sort of cursed injury where they end up falling out of the playoffs. The Kings dropping into the play-in contention from uh, an actual playoff spot if they don't make any moves. I could see it, but I don't see them falling out of the top like nine or ten. I mean. They're still very good. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't project them to fall out of, you know, past ten by any means. But I don't know. They're just like, I feel like they're so streaky. Like they demolish one team and then they lose to the Charlotte Hornets the next. It, it's so strange what what goes on there. Set. They sat your boy Red Velvet. He's not even starting anymore. Why is he my boy? He's been. He's our eerily, boy, really. Eerily close to be dropped by my dynasty team. I think I traded him to Kyle last year, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. I dropped he, him in the redraft league. As soon as soon as he uh traded him to me, forgot how to shoot threes. So yeah. and he hasn't recovered. <laughs> I guess he is yeah. my boy then. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. My team to drop out would be the Rockets, but I'm just a hater, so you're a hater. Yeah. When For all healthy. Reason. They look great, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they're solid for sure. I'm just a bitter Dylan Brooks and Emo Doka spurned person. So why did Dylan Brooks spurn you? You never liked him. He never spurned me. I just hate him. Emo spurned me. <laughs> I you spurned him, if anything. <laughs> no. All right, I think that about concludes it. What do you boys think? I mean, we we spent an hour going over what the Bears should do with the number one pick, and then so, ten minutes on everything else. So yeah. Right on schedule. <laughs> All right, good. Well, I'm glad we could bring our listeners what me and Kyle have been debating amongst Discord for maybe six weeks. Kyle, you have anything to send the listeners off with? I got a penguin with a fish on its head and six sunglasses. <laughs>